Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 2016. I'd been working at AT AT&T for about three years. I had just been promoted. Yeah, that's right. I had successfully erected the diversity and inclusion corporate communications team and capability at this Fortune 9. About this time, the award started to roll in. Enter Rolling Out Magazine. They'd been to a few of our events because my team had pitched them. They'd been to a couple of black enterprise events that we activated, where we activated, and they covered them. So I didn't think much of it. But when they called and said, we want to name you to the list of Dallas's top 25 women, I was stunned. The last list I saw like that was in Atlanta, and it had one of my mentors on the list, Jennifer Jones, who was a VP of diversity marketing at AT&T at the time. This was an honor. I was invited to an event where they would actually pass out the awards and recognitions. It was inspiring. Some of the women that I met that night remain friends and sisters to this day. That was the night that I met the publisher of Rolling Out Magazine face-to-face, Munson Steed. Now, my relationship with Rolling Out Magazine actually goes all the way back to when I ran my first agency, beginning in 2002. Rolling Out was always open to our pitches for our clients be it Cream of Nature, who at the time was at Colomer, now Revlon, shout out to client Tania Golson, or Church's Chicken, who's also based in Atlanta. Rolling out has always been good to us. And you know what? Munson had a secret weapon. I would actually meet his wife, unbeknownst to me, before I met him, Christina Steed, would not only lead the team that handled African-American public relations for my team at AT AT&T. She was the executive vice president at Flowers Communications Group. And yes, that is hashtag squad. This team did some amazing work as we worked together. In fact, one of our claims to fame is Inspired Mobility, which featured everyone from Lecrae to Devon Franklin to Valerie Burton to Jason Caston, and of course, last and totally not least, Rev Run from Run DMC. All of this work was the run-up to that call that I received in 2016 that would land me at the event Top 25 
women in Dallas. Munson Steed agreed to come on the show, and I'm very excited because it's 2019, and they're back in Dallas having the exact same event. We talk about it in our interview that's coming up next. And by the way, there's some talk about Easter eggs. There's an Easter egg in the show for you. See if you can find it. Ladies and gentlemen, publisher, media titan and mogul, Munson Steed. Everybody, I am so excited to have the one and only Munson Steed on the line with me from Rolling Out Magazine, Steed Media, and what's the new company's name? Playful Genius. Playful Genius. We're going to talk more about Playful Genius coming up, but Munson, so glad to have you on the line today. How are you? Fantastic, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And you know what? Let's get this out of the way. I'm actually leaving town. You're coming into town. We're going to be passing each other on 737s or something like that for an event here so. in Dallas. You want to talk about it? Now we've got Sister with Superpowers, which is one of our key um uh, kind of engagement moments for sisters that are doing phenomenal things. So we're excited about coming to Dallas. The women of Dallas are doing such a great job. So I'm really happy to come to Dallas. Well, it's exciting. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And you know what? This is an evolution of an event that you've always had. Top 25 women in well, whatever you know, city, right? You, you should know. You've been one. So <laughs> yeah. you should, you should know. It's a great run-up to say how we actually met. You know, my agency, M Strategies Inc., that was around for about a decade before I went back into the big agency and then ultimately in a Fortune 9 at AT&T, it was doing business with Rolling Out back then. Yes. So I knew yeah. about Munson Steve, but I hadn't met right. him yet. Yeah. And lo and behold, I was invited to this very event to be honored, Top 25 Women in Dallas, and Munson was there in the house. And that was in 2017, was it? I think so. Something I like that? So. Yeah, they all blur together after it 20 really years. Does. It really <laughs> does. But you it guys does. do really good work. And you've always right. been that, that um, stalwart in the community um, for information on entertainment, technology, business, and anything else you'll cover. If you were to describe Rolling Out, how would you describe it? Uh, we have a new definition, kind of a cultural utility. So um, as people continue to leverage, there'll be more things to do. Obviously, uh, individuals can advertise their events. We highlight individuals on our site. We produce custom content for our clients. Um, clearly, you'll see a whole lot more in terms of how you can utilize and integrate rolling out just yourself with our app that launches in February. So culture utility is kind of the place that we're going to be. Uh, it makes sense for what we are. Uh, we're that place in the community where we recognize people and give people a, a resource. We want to be a bigger resource to our community, both digitally. So the app will help leverage that and it'll be very um, transactional. So our community will actually be able to do cultural transactions. So uh, I think that's very key to us being able to see each other, support each other, and love each other. Fantastic. You know, you just hit on something. Everybody that comes on this show sits at the intersection of tech, culture, and business. 
and as an entrepreneur, of course, you have that business covered. You know, you and your lovely wife, Christina, who happens to be one of my girls, you know, mm. you guys are one of the last black family-owned media companies out there. Is that right? You know, I think there are a few. I have a few friends that are in the business. Obviously, uh, the members of the NMPA uh, are definitely working to pivot there, and there's 200 there. Uh, and most of those are, are family-owned. But in terms of national uh, publications, right. the Bonners uh, and Bernard, obviously, is a friend, mm -hmm. was there. And uh, for our dear brother, who now owns uh, Rich uh, over at Essence, that's now family-owned. Right. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, our dear friends at uh, One uh, Media with Miss Hughes and Alfred. So I think those are the family-owned businesses. Um, and, like and obviously, I just spent the weekend with Butch yeah. and, and uh, my dear family friends over at Black Enterprise. So, um, And they do a phenomenal job. So I was at his event in Miami. Awesome. And I look forward to going with Christina to the women's event in uh Vegas, so. Yeah, you know, um, there were a Women of Power Summit is always awesome. And, yeah, you know, I incredible. contribute for them, and I was actually a coach for them at Ford. So I'm real, real tight with Butch and the crew. But you know what, Munson? I think this is a really good time to have our culture soup moment. What do you say? Okay. Let's do it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, look, you just talked about something that's very... Um, very much on the minds and hearts of everybody online and on social and that is how to get your information online so rolling out is one of those publications that started out in print like a lot of others eventually you probably online got your website but now it's driven by social media now more than ever would you say that's true I, I def definitely say that there's quite a bit leverage digitally, and I definitely think social media plays a huge role in all of that. I, but I think it's also an Easter egg kind of uh, scenario going on. I think the expansion of social media, I don't know that people would call LinkedIn at one time social media, but it looks like Facebook to me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that people would have thought the, the same for many other things that you see. Websites kind of have begun to mirror this connected connectivity, right. digital connectivity that social media offers. So if you look at many sites, you can now like something, share something. So they're playing a whole role in terms. So for content and all of us content producers, it's more of an Easter egg kind of thing. You want to be able to be on Roku. You want to be able to leverage on HBO. You want to be able to have something Xfinity. You definitely want to have a strategy for YouTube. So I think the difference is it's not just because if YouTube's not social media, I don't know what right. is. So I don't, I'm not sure and I'm not certain um, that it's just social media. I think many people are now digital and you have to have your uh, content like Easter eggs just kind of hidden so that people go to whatever platform they're on digitally or socially because YouTube is very social to me or SoundCloud is very social to me or even Spotify uh, with the advantage of uh, an advent of more audio files coming in and playing that podcast model. So I'm, I'm not sure and certain that it's just one because I think there are people that are winning many downloads and, and there's no more um, what we would call the uh, scheduling right. or appointment TV um, 
appointment radio because if I hang out with Charlemagne, I might catch him at night and catch up on what he's doing while I'm sitting there with him and ask him about something like that. And I'd be catching that off YouTube. I wouldn't necessarily be watching The Breakfast Club. I don't have to have that same moment that everybody else has because they're in snippets. So I think that's just how it is. Well, you know what? You touched on something that's very important. And Horowitz Research pointed this out last year in their report about the multicultural consumer. We are content omnivores. So we're on every platform, everywhere, all the time. Always on, right? So is this the key to black media's resurgence? Because we've seen several go by the wayside. God bless them, you know. But then we've also seen some rejuvenate. We've seen others give birth, like Blavity, just boom, right? Um, Digital, everywhere. Is that part of the strategy to survive and thrive? I'm not sure that it's just, um, I think sometimes things are like shiny toys. Mm-hmm. So I'm very proud of Morgan and, and the uh, team over there. So that's a generational thing. I think people say, oh, this is the new toy for the moment. So I wouldn't say their scale map matches a, a scale of even what Digital One has sure. today. So I mean, we've got to just say that or our network mm-hmm. in terms of the size, in terms of that, uh, or localization. So when you think of the terrestrial radio that the um, you know, digital one has or, or the locations that rolling out has, we have a very different relationship. I think the, the difference, and I wouldn't see that, I think that the uh, shade room and people like that have leveraged technology at a different level. Yeah. And I think they, that they deserve just as much. Um, uh, you have young brands, uh, the guys, De Jesus or, or some of the other young men that are on other platforms like uh, Showtime. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think those are, are, are examples. And I think the other thing when you say media landscape is the advent of opening a door to Hollywood. So that's another mm media door. So I don't think the landscape of what John Johnson had as an offer or was offered existed. It's not like he got 20 channels. It's not like at the same time um, that everybody else is getting a cable channel. He got a cable channel at that one time. If you look at many of those individuals from Cox Cable, they had got a whole cable system. So it's a very different thing. And I think that when you say uh, launch, I think there's a constant evolution um, constantly happening. So I wouldn't say that it's one. I think Worldstar was an example for the brother that created Worldstar on a platform that garnered X million African-Americans. So I think the next generation leverages what they have. Mm-hmm. I think those of us that are in the market embrace other technologies and kind of move forward to pivot every day because mm-hmm. there's nothing that stays the same. It's a constant evolution. I think for us, it's evolution all the way around. I think it's very much being a cultural utility where individuals find that they can utilize our brand much more than they could and feel differently about using it. So I think you'll see a great announcement once we do this launch in February on where where our um, capacity to touch you, feel you, because I think that's very much what our brand does when we're in Dallas. We're touching, feeling, recognizing. Now, how individuals can leverage more with our brand, share our brand more, get more media muscle, get more media recognition, do more transactions. Those are the things that are next for rolling out. But we stay in the lab. I mean, it's it's whether we're doing a VOD channel, whether we're doing um, 
any type of other integration uh, leveraging. We've got rolling out IQ, which is a whole digital data component that will come out in February as well. And I think that's just where the market is. You don't want to be uh, a place where you're not appealing to be an agency of some sort. Uh, to have the capacity to talent acquisition, which many people come to us for talent, and we provide that as well. And then, obviously, the evolution of our convention. So after three years, we've got it. We pivot. Um, Talking about ride, right? Yeah, right. So ride is a, a constant example of how we've evolved into a event to actually evangelize the community in one location and then train we're not that location where you kiss up to the uh speakers we're that place where the speakers get out and actually access mention give individuals a toolbox and then go in and train uh you don't come to ride to actually just listen to somebody's success stories that's the last thing that we're interested in we do not want a a kiss up kind of uh, convention that's we got enough of that too many people in our community pay for something and do not have any tools once they have left that convention. That, that, is, that is not what it's about. If you're not going to leave with a toolkit, if you're not going to leave transformed, then, you know, you definitely need to come to ride. So you can see how a personal uh, technological transformation happens from being at a convention. That includes you. That's, uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, I'd love to be at ride and um, share some of my tools. Listen. Well, we do, we do ride labs, so yeah. it's, it's not like everything has to be huge. We can host something in Dallas uh, at one of our partners, and we've got several partners there in uh, Dallas. So we do do ride labs leading up to ride. So I, I think there's an opportunity for some uh, obviously big yeah, brand you know, collaboration. I'm planning my first sure. live event in January timeframe, something like that. But we can we can pivot, but it's a business boot camp. Okay. Yeah, several of them leading up and in, in, in different cities. So anyway, we can talk about that. That's awesome. Well, listen, um, you had a very successful ride conference just just a couple weeks ago, right? We did. It was two weeks ago. How many folks showed up? 1,500. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So this is yeah. year three? Year three, okay. yeah. Right. So, September 25th and 6th of 2020, we've got number four. Okay. That's awesome. Make sure I'm in the house. So you put it on your calendar yes. now. <laughs> Make sure I'm in the house. Okay. So talk about the books and the toys. Something for kids. Well, you know, we're excited at, at more than anything to continue to create great culturally relevant products. And part of that is being able to provide culturally relevant reading materials, learning materials, educational materials to our community. So Playful Genius is the name of the company that we now have that houses our brand for young girls, obviously, Little Professor Sky, which is right here. So uh, Little Professor Sky. And uh, she has three books, and she's all about science, STEM, leadership, and obviously technology. Uh, at the same time, we have Adam Smart, which is for our little boys, and he's all about science and space mm-hmm. and uh, math and uh, sports. And then, of course, we have the Plush Crew, which is all about our zero to uh, first grade. Oh, so the little baby ones. Happy. 
for the babies. <laughs> and we have an alphabet book called Alphabet Safari coming out. They've got a colored book called 300 Words, I know. And, uh, you know, good, good, cool stuff. Um, the other stuff that they will do is they'll have an app by the summer oh, so the kids can actually uh, learn online at Playful Genius. So we're excited about where the direction we're going with that particular company uh, to educate, inspire our community in a cultural way. Well, that's awesome. You know what? This is really good work. I'm very, very proud of what you're doing. And you know what? Thank you. How did you start? What's your story, Munson? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was 20 years ago, so it's kind of hard. <laughs> you know, you I, I, I would, no, I, I, I was talking to L.A. Reid and a couple of other friends of mine that had been in the business. You know, you kind of begin to revise your history. Now, why did I start the business? I think there was an opportunity and always is an opportunity to recognize my community. When we started, there weren't a lot of people who would be on the, the cover of Vogue or any other alternative weekly, whether it was, you know, I forget the name of the Dallas Weekly. But anyhow, yeah, that's it, the uh, Dallas Weekly. Mm-hmm. Weekly. So <laughs> in Italy, there wasn't that uh, African-American. They weren't putting Kanye on the cover at that moment. And we were at that moment when Outkast, Atlanta was killing yeah. it, which we've been for the last 20 years, um, just came about. And it was time to recognize, uh, obviously, entertainers, but professionals like yourself and technologists and the greatness in our community. And that's been our voice. Yeah. And that pretty much has been our brand proposition the entire time. Um I think for us, it's also hands-on. So we touch our community. So we're not just a digital uh, mammoth. We actually are in the streets. We actually have offices. We have people. And we're getting ready to grow our offices and our people and the amount of people that can actually publish and and work with us. So we're excited about that. Um, Other than that, there's just a need. There's a need even more now when you think of 2020 and what we're all going to be collectively pushing toward. And, and the other thing is we're a bridge. So we do both young and old. Mm-hmm. It's not like do just one little set. We just do hip hop. Mm-hmm. We do community and African-American culture. Well, you know what? I have a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or people who are striving to be entrepreneurs, folks that are in corporate that are trying to get their side hustle together, you know, and do a little something different to get their multiple streams of income. I think everybody understands now they can't really put all their eggs in one basket. You always give some nuggets and some good wise advice on Instagram. If you don't follow them, you should. You do. Um... What kind of advice do you have for folks who are running businesses and wanting to start businesses as a sage entrepreneur? Um, you know, read, read, read. Um, I think there, there are tons of great reading uh, that has to occur before you ever start a business. So I would say, uh, number one, research before you even spend a dime. Um, I've got a new book coming out. Uh, in February, and it's all about re. So I think research is part of what you want to do. Uh, reevaluate. Uh, I think people don't. They do the research, then they don't even reevaluate their own research yeah. and say, "Hey." I think the other thing for us is the the high, whole idea of uh, references. So most people don't have enough references in their lives, and and for me, that's the the whole building your own board. Mm-hmm. 
So if you don't have a mastermind group, just like you do, uh, people that you can call on, I think before you start a business, put together a mastermind group. Because for every legal bill you have, you shouldn't have to pay. You should have somebody that's an attorney that can at least give you the first hour free. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the same for your accountant. I think the same. You need to know at least four people in that field that you want to be in. Because if that, that will help you get the experience that you don't have. And I think sometimes we don't volunteer or get the experience from other individuals, and we just have to let our egos. And I think stay away from being a drunken entrepreneur. Tell me that's about that. It. But a drunken entrepreneur believes that he can do it all. Oh. He believes that his money will make it happen. Mm. And before you know it, the money will be gone. Drunk on his own and before you know it, you're on his own supply <laughs> of dreams and pushed and ego mm. and people got to know what ego means easing god out oh. and as a entrepreneur you got to be Wait, able to now ease that was god a word. can we go back and say uh, no. that again because that was no. a word you, ego no means... it was just a word. easing god yeah. out so you know and entrepreneurs can easily do that you can literally believe that your will be done and, and that is just not the way of being an entrepreneur you've got to have a spiritual journey and purpose to all the the things that you do as an entrepreneur, um, you know, because that's half of the battle, receiving your dream, being able to live your dream, empower others through your dream. But at the same time, being cautious to understand that there's a bigger principle and purpose for everything we do as entrepreneurs. I don't want to just make the books for children because I want to change the lives of yeah. those children because that's what God is empowering me to do with what I am doing. So if there's no personal or professional value to having my products inspire others to be able to feel the greatness and to actually know that they have value beyond what it is as an entrepreneur, then I fail. Uh, I think that you've got to have some spiritual value and purpose for all yes. missions that you take on as an entrepreneur. I think the other thing is just wanting to change the place that your product uh, stimulates mm -hmm. energy, ideas, and all of those things. But for me, if you can't really, uh, I want people to cautiously move into entrepreneurship. Right. I want people to be good stewards and read enough biographies, have studied enough books that they don't spend a dime before they test and learn. Mm -hmm. And I think I can't say how much you need to research. That's awesome. I can't. I, I, I cannot say how often you should reevaluate everything that you're doing. Uh, if that's not where you're going, as an entrepreneur, uh, you're going to get stuck, and you're not going to look back, and you're not going to want to look back because the truth is in those numbers. The truth is in that reevaluation. The truth is in your research. Mm -hmm. You know. So for me, that's a, a real important aspect for any younger entrepreneurs. I believe in having one for. Um, them, which is the them is everybody I'm responsible to, everybody that I'm accountable to. I think you should have a solid job. If that's not what it is, if you don't understand what it is to be an entrepreneur, then I believe you should have one for them. That's everybody you love. And then one for you. And that's where your entrepreneurship should come. And it's in that order. That way, everything's in order. You're taking care of your family. Then you do one for you. You're taking care of your family. Then you stretch out a little bit more. But you don't risk it all. And then all of a sudden, have hurt everybody around you based on entrepreneurship. Absolutely. You know, so much wisdom just jam-packed in everything you, you just said. But I want to draw something out. One, you said, do not lean into your own understanding. That's so important. And the other thing that you said that's very important, because I have 
even coaching clients that are anxious to start businesses because they feel like, you know, gee, I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket, which is a very wise thing to do. However, they have not taken the time to understand the purpose. And if it is, you know, spirit-led or even founded in your own story and your value proposition, right? So what they end up doing is just trying to make money for money's sake. And, and, and that's kind of a, a cautionary tale too, wouldn't you say? No, I, I I think that's part of the drunkenness. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's that's the. I think some people don't know what entrepreneurs are. Mm-hmm. Now, entrepreneurs, uh, I I remember reading and it was talking about Ted Turner, and it talked about how Ted had been part of the uh, America's Cup, and he was on his boat, and he was out of his office two hundred and fifty days, mm-hmm. and he was on this quest to win this race. Um, and it said that entrepreneurs are individuals who sell a product or service in their absence. Mm. So for most of us, when you think of our community, and a friend of mine runs the Michigan Chamber of African American uh, uh, Chamber, business chamber. And at the same time, he says 1.1, every member whose company is 1.1. So most of our community does job creation. Mm-hmm. They create a job for themselves. They cannot collect money in their absence. If they're not there, then the business isn't there. So for us, we need to understand what entrepreneurship is. It's selling a product or service in the absence of the owner, of the leader. And it's a process and a system. And so those processes, systems of collecting money for a product and service in your absence is much more key. Most people are not entrepreneurs. They're in the process of doing job creation. Mm. They've created a job for themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take a 30-day vacation and their business is still going to be intact because they have to show up to collect the money. So I think many of us need to understand and create processes mm-hmm. uh, so that we can actually be entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, Automation is even easier these these days because of technology, wouldn't you say? So once you have those processes down, you can automate the ones that make sense, the ones that don't skimp on your customer service or your client interface. What do you think? Well, um, well, I think, you know, people like you think bigger than uh, all of us because you're you're young, you're, you're thinking. I think there are digital applications for almost everything that is going to come forward. That's from customer service to uh, how digital, um, you know, in terms of responsiveness, taking polls immediately once a person utilizes your service. Uh, I think they're, they're just built in. Mm-hmm. I think everything is built in, and more people are working to sell that system every day. So whether it's a platform like Spotify, uh, you want digital music, they got it. If you want Shopify, you want to do retail, they got a system. If you you want to do a scan and know how people feel after they bought a cup of coffee, Stripe has it right there for you. Uh, Square has it right there for you. They can actually do quizzes right after that. So I think the the systems are, are beginning. Different platforms, every platform provides something digitally to kind of create more processes. Part of the entrepreneurs is your thought process. 
the process of having a team that can help you understand and kind of evaluate. And most of us don't have boards. Mm -hmm. We don't have five or ten people that literally are listening to where we're going and can kind of be cautionary. And you listen to them as an entrepreneur. Mm Uh, it's really important, um, you know, as I sit here and, and still have to think. I, I got someone who depends on me, so I don't have new ideas, too many new ideas in the in the uh, uh, process that she doesn't know right. about. That, that, that That's part of our brain trust, and you need to always be increasing your brain trust. Uh, most of us don't visit and meet or ask to meet individuals we don't know who have bigger brain trust, mm-hmm. but we should. Mm-hmm. So I think the other thing when I say referrals, you want to ask and refer yourself to other people, too. Right. You want to actually offer yourself to actually go see a few headquarters that may not be sending you an invitation, but you might refer yourself in so you can get an re- right. uh, invitation. Right. Excellent. You know, I could talk to you all day about this stuff, but I'm not I'm going not to. <laughs> ah. I'm not going to spend all your time. I'm so happy you came on Munson. Where can we find you online on social media and you know uh, your your digital platforms? I'm on IG a little bit. I'm gonna learn to tweet a little bit more. Uh, I definitely have YouTube coming up, but I've I've, I've taken most of the time to play with Instagram. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, rolling out. Yeah. Got a ton of pub pages. Yeah, yeah, and is that yeah. At Munson Steve on Instagram. I think I'm pretty much Munson Steve. Every, I'm, I'm, those cool names, I'm going to leave that up to people like you, who uh, I'm going to keep it simple for a little while. Well, uh, we still can find you. That's the idea. That's, that's it. Munson Steve will get you there. Awesome. Awesome. Munson, thank you so much for coming on the Culture Soup Podcast. Shell, thank you. I'm very proud of you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Continue to- and we'll talk to you again soon. You got it. You're the best. Thank you. You too. What an awesome conversation with the Mumson Steed publisher and media titan with Rolling Out Magazine, Steed Media, and Playful Genius. Hey, I hate that I'm going to miss the Super Superpowers event here in Dallas, but you know what? It's always great to know that you had a VIP invitation. Speaking of VIP invitations, I received a VIP invitation to the Claim Your Seat at the Table event with Minda Hartz, author of the memo from the ladies from Bold Black Girls Podcast. That's Aries and Kimberly. Shout out to them. I won't be able to make it either. And you know what? Minda even sent a personal invitation to me and to Jay Franks. You know what? I've yet to meet her, but everybody says we need to meet. So who can make that connection? Let me know. But shout out to Minda. You are doing good work, girl. Everybody check out the memo. It's the newest book about women of color in the workplace from the unique perspective of a woman of color who was in the workplace. First time for a business book like that. Won't be the last. Hey, did you catch the Easter egg in this show? Something about business boot camps and Munson's Ride Labs. More to come in 2020, y'all. We are hitting it hard. I did not come to play with you all. Visit us online at theculturesoup.com, on Instagram and Twitter at theculturesoup, and on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast. Until next week.
The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Size Communication, LLC. The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications, LLC.